This week on a festive Ham and High podcast, we have something a bit different. The Royale Dickens Theatre Company launched this month with a production of A Christmas Carol at the Studio Theatre at the School of the Science of Acting in Holloway Road. It was cruelly interrupted by new Covid restrictions, but will be available to stream on the group's website. Here they present an extract for Ham and High podcast listeners. Marley was dead to begin with. Of that there can be no doubt, dead as a doornail. It was Christmas Eve, and snow had fallen on our old city. How do I know this? Well, I was there. Why was I there? Was I a ghost? No. I was a writer, a writer in the habit of walking at night, restlessly roaming the streets of our old city on the hunt for stories, listening in the alleys and alcoves for muffled whispers in the night, tales of business concluded at the end of the day. If you come with me now, I can show you where these whispers can take you, to the deep, dark recesses of the human heart. So if you have the courage, do come along. I could use the company. It is Christmas, after all. Once upon a time, of all the good days in the year, on Christmas Eve, old Scrooge sat busy in his counting house. Scrooge and Marley's, I believe. Two charitable ladies entered the counting house, carrying papers and a donation box. Have I the pleasure of addressing Mr Scrooge or Mr Marley? Mr Marley has been dead these seven years, Scrooge replied. He died seven years ago this very night. Well, we have no doubt his liberality is well represented by his surviving partner. At the ominous word, liberality, Scrooge frowned and shook his head. A few of us are endeavouring to buy the poor some meat and drink and means of warmth. We choose this time because it is a time of all others when want is keenly felt and abundance rejoices. What shall I put you down for? Nothing, Scrooge replied. You wish to remain anonymous? I wish to be left alone since you ask me what I wish, gentlewoman. That is my answer. I don't make myself merry at Christmas, and I can't afford to make idle people merry either. It's not my business. It's enough for a man to understand his own business, and not to interfere with other people's. Mine occupies me constantly. Good afternoon, madam. Scrooge resumed his labours with an improved opinion of himself. Meanwhile, the fog and darkness thickened so. Foggier yet, and colder. Piercing, searching, biting cold. The owner of one cold young nose stooped down at Scrooge's keyhole to regale him with the Christmas carol. 
but at the first sound of You merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay Scrooge seized the ruler with such energy of action that the singer fled in terror Run! Run! Leaving the keyhole to the fog and even more congenial frost The hour of shutting up the counting house arrived You'll want all day tomorrow, I suppose. Quite convenient, sir. Returned Scrooge's expectant clerk, Bob Cratchit. It's not convenient, and it's not fair. It's only once a year, sir. A poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. But I suppose you must have the whole day. Be here all the earlier the next morning. Yes, sir, I will, sir, said Bob, helping his miserly employer into his overcoat. The office was closed in a twinkling and the clerk, with the long ends of his white comforter dangling below his waist, went down the Cornhill. At the Enver Lane of twenty boys, twenty times in honour of its being Christmas Eve, and then ran home to Camden Town as hard as he could pelt. Scrooge took his melancholy dinner in his usual melancholy tavern, and having read all the newspapers and beguiled the rest of the evening with his banker's book, went home home to his dusty old chambers that had once belonged to Jacob Marley. Now it was a fact that there was nothing at all particular about the knocker on the door of Scrooge's home, but then let any man explain to me, if he can, how it happened that Scrooge, having his key in the lock of the door, saw in the knocker, not a knocker, but Marley's face. As Scrooge looked fixedly at this phenomenon, it was a knocker again. Bah, humbug! He put his hand upon the key he had relinquished, turned it sturdily, walked in, and lighted his candle. Scrooge sat down by his stove, with his bowl of gruel, for he had a cold in his head. As he drew his head back in his chair, his glance happened to rest on a bell, a disused servant's bell, it was with astonishment and with inexplicable dread that as he looked, he saw this bell begin to swing. It rang out loudly, and so did every other bell in the house. The cellar door flew open with a booming sound. The bells ceased as they had begun together. They were succeeded by a clanking noise as though some person were dragging a heavy chain coming up the stairs. It's humbug still. I would believe it. Then, coming straight towards his door, Scrooge's colour changed when, without a pause, it came on through the heavy door and passed into the room before his eyes. How now? said Scrooge, caustic and cold as ever. What do you want with me? Much. Marley's voice, no doubt about it. Who are you? Ask me who I was. Who were you then? In life, I was your partner, Jacob Marley.
thank you so much to the Royal Dickens Company for sharing that with us. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a great Christmas, a good New Year, and we'll be back in January. <laughs>